Vu worship up on this rock as they sing at the end there. My faith was built for this, and well, the tabernacle was built to show us something, and we're <laughs> learning though, yeah. we're learning a little bit about that this morning. Thanks to our general manager Ray Haynes. Now we were at the bronze altar. Now we're headed to the laver. The laver, moving our way right? in. Yeah. So the laver was the second vessel in the courtyard. It stood right between the altar burnt offering and the holy place, the door. Now, we're not told, interestingly enough, the shape or size of it or how it was carried along the desert. Usually, you learn everything about it. There's just so many details, it'll, it'll drive you insane. But interestingly, every other vessel is described in minute detail, but not the lever. It had a foot of bronze that touched the ground, making it connected or part of the earth. Every other vessel stood upon the earth, but they were not of it, but belonged to heaven. They were shadows of heavenly things. So... People tend to think the bronze laver was something else. In the book of Revelation, there's a reference made to all the furniture of the tabernacle, but there is no mention of the laver or of it being used to cleanse. Instead, there's a sea of glass reflecting the holiness and the beauty of the redeemed. So, in a sense, it's no longer needed, right? Interesting things. The laver was made from the mirrors or looking glasses of the women of Israel. Exodus 38 says uh, that the mirrors reflect ourself, right? Our beauty or our deformities. But they actually can't alter either. So they reveal defilement, but they can't take it away. The laver was filled with water, and it was there the priests... Now, this is where you got to pay attention. They washed their hands and feet as they went into the holy place, and as they came out to the altar to serve. The neglect of that washing was death. So with that labor in mind, we got to go to the New Testament. Let's jump back to John 13 as Jesus changes up the last Passover and begins to link it with the Day of Atonement. It says here, he laid aside his outer garments, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. So Jesus stripped down to his undergarments to cleanse his disciples in the same way that the high priest removed his colorful robes to strip down before he performed all the rituals atoning for the nation's sins. So it's a rather subtle picture that the disciples kind of missed. Then he poured water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Now, mind you, Passover table, uh, John and Peter probably were right next to him on either side, and uh, apparently Judas was pretty nearby, which is an odd thing if we think it was so bad, but they obviously didn't. He had a very prime seat. But Peter says, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, what I'm doing, you don't understand now, but afterwards, you will understand. Now, did that work for Peter? Absolutely not. <laughs> Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash your feet, you have no part or share with me. Mm. So this isn't just a display of humility or servanthood. It's priestly standards. What happens if you don't wash your hands or feet? You die. So he's doing something else. It's not just a, a Passover thing. It's it's a Day of Atonement thing and a, and a tabernacle thing. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, do not wash only my feet, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, the one who is washed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him, and that was why he said, not all of you are clean. Okay, so it might be helpful to know <laughs> there are two washings of the priesthood. 
On the day of their consecration, the priests were brought up to the door of the holy place and washed all over with water by Moses. Once washed, they could enter the holy place and walk in the light of the lampstand. They could feed on the showbread. And when they went out to do service for the leper or the unclean at the sacrifice or the altar, they walked under the covering or mantle of God. Second washing was for the priests who washed their own hands and feet before entering the holy place. No unclean priest was allowed to minister to Jehovah on penalty of death. So this last Passover foot washing arrived at the fullness of time when Passover and the greatest day of atonement ever arrived together because Jesus was about to enter the tabernacle as high priest so that they and we could have access and then do what he had done. Jesus was making them and us priests and giving access to the holy place and the holy of holies, which until then only the sons of Aaron had. You see, when he says that we're now kings and priests, this is where they come from. We can all enter the gate, the way, but only priests could enter the next door to the holy place called the truth. And the truth alone will set you free, right? God told the Levites who entered the tabernacle to serve him that he alone was their inheritance, meaning that they didn't receive land as an inheritance. They got the best thing, him. Mm. To Peter's confusion, Jesus had already washed them with a word. So like a priest, they had been bathed, but washing their hands and feet was the task the priest did before serving and jesus finished he said if then i your lord and teacher have washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet so the can do or may do is the better translation so before then they couldn't do that although they didn't understand what he was talking about yet he was making them priests which came with the responsibility of serving with clean hands and feet that's dealing with the deeper sins in their hearts so we actually get a little added insight from luke's version of the last passover because he shared an extra part of the meal a dispute also arose among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. So it kind of sheds a light on what was going on at that meal. So all of this is what links us back to the laver. Now, we're going to be going back and forth into this last Passover, or last meal, last supper Passover. And coming up next, we're going to be looking at this betrayal. Also, not, not a normal part of Passover, but for the Day of Atonement in the tabernacle, it makes a lot of sense. So we'll dig into betrayal next. 